0: everyone, and welcome back to the M Torino podcast. I'm your host today, Bona Shin, a current PGY1 at Reading Hospital in West Reading, Pennsylvania, and an incoming PGY2 solid organ transplant resident at Johns Hopkins. On this couch session episode, myself and a few fellow incoming PGY2s will be discussing our experiences led us to pursuing a PGY2 in transplant and our experiences during our PGY1 year. So, Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the m Torino podcast. I'm your host, Bona Shin, the current PGY-1 at Reading Hospital, West Reading, Pennsylvania, and incoming PGY-2 solid organ transplant resident at Johns Hopkins. On this couch session episode, myself and a few fellow incoming PGY-2s will be discussing our experiences that led us to pursuing a PGY-2 in transplant, our time as PGY-1s, and our plans to get the ball rolling and transitioning from PGY-1 to PGY-2. So we can start with introductions. Alicia, if you want to go first.
1: Mm-hmm. My name is Alicia. I went to pharmacy school at Northeastern University in Boston, and I'm currently a PGY-1 resident at Edward Hines Bay Hospital in Illinois, and I'm going to be a PGY-2 at
2: University of Michigan next year.
1: Cool Blue.
2: <laughs> I guess I'll go next. Um, my name's Courtney. I am a current uh, PGY-1 at Cleveland Clinic. Um, I did my pharmacy school at University of Illinois at Chicago uh, with Bona, and I am an incoming PGY2 right across the street from where Alicia is right now at uh, Loyola.
0: Amazing. Oh, my gosh. So I can't believe we made it, guys. We're almost done. I think there's like less than like 100 days left of residency, right? Um, I don't know if you guys have been counting, but I think I only have like nine weeks left or a little under nine weeks. Um, but yeah, so transplant. I feel like this is kind of a hot topic. I feel like a lot of people, when I tell them that I wanted to pursue transplant, they were like, oh my gosh, why? So just wondering what your guys' experiences were in um, wanting to pursue transplant as a specialty.
2: Yeah, so I was first introduced to the specialty kind of just as a fluke. Um, We had a a certain amount of elective credits that we had to fulfill at at UIC in order to graduate. And I just so happened to, to pick the transplant elective because it lined up with my schedule. I really enjoyed it. And that led me to preferencing a, a rotation, an appy rotation in it as well. And it was my first appy rotation. So I wasn't sure if I, if I really just liked being on rotation or if I liked the specialty itself. Uh, but throughout the course of the rest of, of my appy year, I was kind of able to distinguish and differentiate things that were very specific to transplant. Um, I really enjoyed the patient interaction while still being in such an, an acute care setting. Um, I also really enjoyed the patients like actually wanted to listen to you and learn from you and asked questions and were participating in counseling sessions. I think that that just I saw that I saw that giving myself a lot of future job satisfaction. I also really enjoyed managing the patients as a whole with all of their medications and they're managing their long-term maintenance medicines, like their diabetes regimens and their hypertension medicines, along with their their transplant medications as well. And that's kind of something that I haven't really been able to find in another specialty. And throughout my PGY1 year, I've been fortunate enough to kind of still have transplant experiences intermingled throughout my year where I can. And that's really only solidified my my interest and passion for the the field.
0: Yeah, no, that definitely resonates with me. I think um, for me too, like one of the biggest reasons why I was so attracted to transplant in the first place was because we have the opportunity to not only look at the transplant part of the patient, but look at the patient as a whole. And again, like it is very fulfilling being able to really... Help patients take care of themselves and take a hold and um, be able to really manage their own meds by themselves. And I think that in itself is so great because um, you know, obviously we had the rotation together, um, seeing patients from with like reading levels of like five or, or fifth graders, um, seeing them kind of being able to now you know manage all these medications, their immunosuppressive medications, their chronic disease state medications. It's it's great to see, and it, it makes me really happy too. How about you, Alicia?
1: Yeah, I think for me, I echo many of those same things in terms of what I loved in transplant. I was actually really set on ambulatory care and more so the chronic disease management side of things for a while, which is why, surprisingly or non-surprisingly, I ended up at a VA because I had a lung transient rotation pretty much right before applications were due. And at that point afterwards, I thought, oh my gosh, do I really like this? I didn't know I would like such a cute care side of things. But I think caring for my first lung transient recipient back then. I found a lot of fulfillment in seeing him get well and seeing him take more laps across the hospital unit and hearing from the wife, how this transit would change their lives. And I think being a part of that and helping them gain confidence in their medication was very fulfilling to me. And I think we get to work in a very wonderful team too of many different members. And I think that was a great aspect of learning for me. And then, just the many gray areas you get to play in, in transplant. It's not very straightforward. And I think I was very stimulated by the amount that pharmacists could contribute to a patient's care.
0: You know, it's funny that you say you really the ambulatory care because I actually hated am care. Um <laughs> I, I like really, really didn't like it. And that's why I was like so gung-ho. I'm just gonna do crit care and work inpatient for the rest of my life. But I think um, having that rotation at UIC and kind of having the ability to, you know, help, again, patients really take a hold of their health um, was very fulfilling to me. And it kind of pushed me to like, like AmCare more. And I think um, this year, like as during my PGY-1, I've really pushed myself to kind of embrace the AM care side and really embrace the patients. Because as an introvert, I can get really um, very burnt out talking to people for long periods of time. But I feel like um, the motivation of like liking transplant so much has um, helped me stimulate myself more, so I'm not so dead at quite quite at the end of the day.
2: Yeah, I think the am care side of it is definitely another unique aspect of of the specialty too. Since a lot of a lot of centers have their pharmacists rotate both inpatient and outpatient, um, that's not something that I feel like you typically get in other specialties. Working in the hospital, coming in, I I didn't have anything against Amcare, but I couldn't see myself doing it for the rest of my life. I feel like it was like the ones, the rotations that I have, it was like the same five medicines over and over and over again. And I imagined it just getting very monotonous. So having that like break of of the excitement of inpatient and then getting to kind of relax and see those same patients now doing incredibly, hopefully incredibly well in the outpatient setting, I think is another like really cool, unique aspect that draws me to to transplant yeah
1: I think that's the main reason why I shifted towards transplant because I feel like there's so many areas in which you can learn from in terms of the different types of specialties you kind of reach your hand in for caring for a transplant recipient
0: yeah, and I like the fact that we really get to be the jack of all trades in that aspect. And we, although we do have that transplant brain, and we're also able to like manage the current disease states and whatever else pops up. Because I feel like in a lot of um, healthcare settings, pharmacists end up tending to be the the problem solver for a lot of things, especially in the medication access portion of it. Um also the transitions of care. I feel like we always catch a lot of things too. And I think being able to work both inpatient and outpatient hopefully um really allows you to ensure that there's like a smooth transition from inpatient to outpatient. And so nothing um falls through the cracks. Because I feel like um in the healthcare system, especially like during PGY one, I've noticed a lot of things that get kind of deferred to PCP and we don't really know if patients follow up the PCP. Do, do things really like happen? Does the ball get rolling? Not sure. But I feel like with transplant, you really get to take control of that. And I think as a type A person, um, it gives me solace knowing that we are taking care, care of the patient's medication portion.
2: Yeah, I 100% echo that. I feel like one of the big realizations that I had after having my APPE rotation where we would make recommendations on some of those chronic medications and they would be accepted and listened to. And then having a a, another rotation in psych and recommending hey i think this patient should be on a atorvastatin and they're like i really don't care they'll do that another time um i think that really is one of the big things that made me realize like huh okay maybe transplant is is more what i'm looking for it's really cool that we can make an impact on on many different areas of their of their care
0: Sure. I think this would be a pretty good segue into kind of our experiences into PGY1s, um, into our PGY1 year. And I guess I can go first. So I think um, in that aspect of kind of, you know, making those recommendations and having them heard, um, coming from UIC where it's an institution where pharmacy is so well integrated and there's like a pharmacist of every care team to now kind of coming to a, another hospital system where we have maybe like 10 or so fun specs for the whole 700 bed hospital system it's a little bit more difficult especially since i'm on the east coast and i know there's always that generalization that the east coast isn't as um, maybe pharmacy forward i've been lucky to say that i think a lot of the providers that i've worked with have been very pharmacy friendly Um, but it's definitely been different because i've now had to kind of learn how to insert myself into the team and really have my recommendations heard so i think something that we don't learn in pharmacy school is the sociology and the psychology aspect of making those recommendations and, you know, being friendly enough to make an impact on the team. I think um, that's been a very interesting experience for sure. Um, How has it been for you guys?
2: I've had a very similar experience, Bona. Um, I, <laughs> I feel like that was one of the biggest, most challenging things coming in was finally verifying an order and, and, recognizing something wrong and trying to formulate that message to the provider that's not coming off as rude or accusatory. And then kind of transitioning that into rounds as well, where the institution that I'm at is very pharmacy friendly, but it's not as um, pharmacist driven as I've been used to as, as a student at UIC. So it definitely is still more physician driven in terms of what you know, what we're gonna do in terms of induction agents and which they have the final say on, on the daily tacro doses. And it's things like that that I just wasn't really used to where the pharmacists would just kind of take it upon themselves to put in the orders, do it all. And they kind of the providers might not have even known what the, what the patient was on unless the pharmacist told them. Um so that was a big, a big difference as well in, in kind of trying to formulate formulate those recommendations and, and get them accepted and also be able to recognize if my recommendation doesn't get accepted what's kind of my line in terms of what's safe for the patient versus what's just kind of my preference and what i think would be best and that's kind of a, a realization that i've had to have because otherwise you know if i don't agree and it doesn't get verified and they get zero is that worse then they get a they don't get as much as i would like probably it would be worse to not give any so I've I've had similar experiences.
1: Yeah, I think that's something I've struggled with throughout my PGY one year. And that's the piece of feedback I always get from the preceptors over and over again and understanding how to be more assertive with providers. I think I didn't like the role that pharmacists had to play in terms of really screening recommendations that the providers had and making sure that they were appropriate. And then speaking of, I didn't enjoy that because I felt like the police at times. And I think one piece of advice that I received that really shift my perspective was coming into each conversation understanding what the provider is thinking, trying to seek what their thought process was and sharing what I thought as well. And I think that made it more collaborative. Um, That way we could really discuss what we thought was best for the patient. I think I'm still working on advocating for patients. I think there are times where I leave rounds and I'm like, oh no, I should have said more. And it's okay. I go back and then I explain what I was thinking later on. And I think... That's something that I hope to continue to improve in the next year, especially with the larger transplant team.
0: Yeah, I I totally, totally echo what you're saying. I think it's very hard, especially as a learner, where you feel like you don't know. At least that's what I've struggled with is like, there's just so much to know and we're never going to know every single little thing, but I feel like as like type A people, as pharmacists, like we want to know everything. So it's like having the confidence or building the confidence to like be able to make those recommendations in a collaborative way and having those discussions has definitely been very difficult for me too. Um, But I think it's, forced me to kind of go into those rabbit holes of looking into literature and kind of the data and kind of really applying that data to the patient, whether or not it's appropriate or not. Um, But I'm excited for PGY-2 to be able to like have those like higher level conversations now in those gray areas, which you had mentioned before. What's what's your piece of advice for an incoming PGY-1 that is like really uncomfortable with making recommendations?
2: I feel like something else that I had to learn that i I would pass off is that when I came in and I you know was was faced with having to go on rounds alone for the first time, I was extremely nervous because I would see my preceptor who knew just the answer to every single question offhand. and I knew that I had no idea what she was talking about at the time and I, I would need time to look into it. And I think the biggest piece of advice that I've learned is that, it is 100% okay to say that I'll get back to you. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I will, let me look into it and I'll let you know, because I think that that's really helped me to build my confidence and know what I know and what I don't know and feel comfortable with, because I just, it I've never had pushback from a provider or any, any signs that they're disgruntled with me for not knowing the answer offhand. Um, so I think that's just kind of something that can be really daunting coming in that it took me some time to get used to and feel comfortable with not knowing,
1: yeah, and in the same area, I became more comfortable with asking providers why they did things and how they decided on like their plan for each patient and even explaining more pathophysiology for the diagnostics part of the workup, because I felt like I was very lacking in those areas. And I think when you do ask questions and you seek out to learn, they're very appreciative of that because they can see that you're invested in the patient's care. And I think that's something that providers really saw when I sought out more of their knowledge and their expertise. And then I also recognized when I didn't know things and when I needed to look into it more.
0: Wow, great pieces of advice. You guys are so well spoken. My gosh. (laughs) I think my piece of advice would have to be, um, you're working in a collaborative place and a team. And for me, what I found to be very helpful, because I get very nervous if I don't know the people and if I am not comfortable with them. So what I forced myself to do is to kind of make small talk and have conversations so I could get to know the team a little bit better. And I think for me, that made that a little bit more comfortable to make recommendations. Like, for instance, um, I know one of the the PAs that I work with really closely in the NICU, she has a giant um, dog, she has a Great Dane, and we would talk about her Great Dane all the time. Um, And because I was able to make those friendly, um, like, relationships, it was a lot easier for me um, to make those recommendations and to have my voice heard. Um, So I, I don't think it's, I I would really recommend to make friends with um, the people that you've worked with because you're going to be working with them for five to six weeks or however long the rotations are. All right. So we have our do's for PGY1. What are some don'ts? I think for me, I know everybody always says this, but you need to manage your time very well. And when I mean like very well, I mean you need to know when your deadlines are because I feel like initially the first portion of PGY-1 was really hard for me because I was trying to get licensed. Um, but I think uh, managing your time is something that's like super important. I thought I was good at managing my time but going into PGY-1 as a um, pharmacy student, but PGY1 hit me like a train. I don't know about you guys, but um, the workload is significantly more than it was during pharmacy school and you need to keep our deadlines like in, in line. Like for me, I used sticky notes and that was very helpful. But I will say initially, um, during the first portion of the year where we were getting licensed, we were trying to you know get our bearings straight, um, figure out what our products were gonna be and also kind of adjusting to now um, the new workplace that we were in. Um, I think it hit me the worst during um, like right before mid-year. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like that's when uh, PGY-1s are literally um, on a bicycle on fire. I think that was like the hardest portion, but I think that um, keeping deadlines with sticky notes like on my desktop really allowed me to keep on top of things and not have it. So I I wasn't spending like three nights at the hospital just trying to get my projects done.
2: I agree with that. I will share kind of something on the opposite spectrum. I work every other weekend. We staff every other weekend. So my advice for what not not to do is to not take your work home with you on the days that you have off and really maximize the time away from work that you can. I rarely ever take my computer from work home when I leave for the day. I mean, sometimes that means I'm, I'm at work until 7:30, like I am right now. But um, usually, when when I come home, I don't do anything work related. And I think having such minimal time away is—I I recognize that I need that time to really just recharge and be my best self for the next days, and and mm-hmm. do everything that I can to kind of keep my own my own sanity and, and prevent myself from burning out. So I think just kind of finding those ways to also integrate, like. Wellness and and time time apart from work is is really important too. Um, I've been very grateful to have really understanding preceptors like longitudinally that if I ever am very stressed out about deadlines, you know, for projects that are due at the end of residency, the kind of deadlines to keep you on track are arbitrary. So they've been very good about moving them if there's ever if it's ever a busy time of year and just kind of being vocal about what you're going through. Those around you, I think will help also with like your, your workload and your sanity, I guess, <laughs> your stress levels.
1: Yeah, I, my piece of advice is to advocate for yourself. Like if you can't meet a deadline in the same way, communicate with your preceptors and explain what you have going on. Um, I think lately I've been needing to advocate for my own learning and how I best learn because you meet many different people throughout residency and they may not know what your weaknesses are, or your strengths are, or how you learn best or what you need to improve upon. So I think making it clear what you need to improve upon And how they can help get you there is the best way to ensure that your whole year is productive in terms of getting what you need to get out of residency. Because really, it's your own year of learning, and it's only a finite period of time. But I think after we finish residency, we won't have preceptors there having our backs or supporting us anymore. So I think getting the most out of your year is uh, really something that I would advise.
0: Yeah, to popcorn off of that, I think um, another piece of advice I would like to give is to really take those opportunities that you maybe aren't so sure about. For me, I had a very different way of going about my residency year to pursue transplant because my institution actually doesn't have a transplant experience or a transplant anything. So I've really had to cater my year to, you know, preparing myself to be able to uh, prepare for a specialty in a PGY-2 I think initially I went in thinking, oh my gosh, like I'm not going to have any chance to be able to even pursue this route because I'm not going to be as you know competitive because I don't have the transplant experience. But that's not the case at all. I think that if you are willing to seek out the opportunities to build on the baseline, to build on um, your weaknesses, like for instance, I was terrible at ID, so I picked an ID project. Um, It's really forced me to be scrappy with the way I go about my learning, and I think that. Um, as pharmacy students, when we you know, initially plan to go for a PGY-1, we have like all these set in stone things that we want out of a residency without really understanding what the residency will entail. Um, so if you feel like your residency program or like the experience may not be necessarily what you think it, it was going to be, you can cater it to yourself and you just really need to seek out those opportunities and not be scared to speak up and to find those. It's funny to- you
2: say that because... I had one of my, well, my ICU rotation, my preceptor was the critical care RPD for um, the program here, and she was a good mentor for me in terms of like preparing for PGY2 applications and everything along those lines, and she had actually said that as an RPD for her, she actually looks at it kind of almost as um, a negative if someone has too much experience in the incoming specialty because your PGY-1 is supposed to be a general learning year for you to learn everything that you can about every different area. And your your second year is for that, that specialized time. Um, so I think there's definitely a healthy balance of, you know, this is something you want to go into. So you're passionate about it and you want to take every opportunity that you can, but then also recognizing that I'll hopefully have the rest of my life for this I want to maximize the most that I can out of this year and learn um, about so many different things that I, I probably won't have the opportunity to again.